Good evening, OA friends. My name is Jean, last initial is B, and I am a food addict. And uh, although I came into OA in Massachusetts, I am retired now, I'm 72 years old, and I'm living now in, in Florida. And because I'm not working anymore, I have a lot more time to do service. So uh, when I'm asked, if somebody asks me if I can qualify on a meeting, if I can fit it into my schedule, I will do so. So therefore, I am here tonight speaking for you. And I can tell you, I have been in this program now come July, next next month, yeah, next about six weeks from now, I will have 19 years of back-to-back -back abstinence. I qualify to speak on this, pro on this particular meeting because I have lost over 100 pounds and kept it off. When I, before I came into the program, I was up to approximately 250 pounds. Uh, I now weigh, well, I weighed myself uh, June 1st and I was 122 pounds. My typical weight range is between 120 and 125. So I basically lost half my body weight on this program. It took me a little bit over a year to do it. Um, I was not a heavy child. I was actually very skinny and I was a very picky eater. For that matter, I'm still a very picky eater. Um, but I did not get into junk food overly much because we really didn't have any of that stuff at home. And it wasn't until, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I could go to local, you know, store after school and buy some sweet stuff. But I never had a whole lot of money to do that with. And so, you know, it was just, yeah, you know, like a packet of this here and a package of that there. But um, I didn't get into serious eating until I was, you know, an adult and working. And I had a job that was fairly stressful. And I found that if I went to the snack machine or uh, picked up something from local fast food place, because I worked in downtown Boston, and those, you know, there were a lot of those places around, and I could go and, you know, go to a bakery or I could go to a fast food place and get, you know, snack foods and, and a meal and so forth, and. Uh, when I went home at night, I was not I was not a night eater, but uh, I tended to you know have some snacks on my desk or around me while I was at work, and so I was more of a grazer than a binger. And if you you know do a lot of grazing, well you can gain you know five or ten pounds a year, and say if you gain ten pounds a year and you do that over the course of, say, 10 years or more, well, you've gained 100 pounds. And that's pretty much what happened to me. I was going up a clothing size maybe every two or three years. And when I got to like a size 3X, and you know, I, I didn't quite make it onto a 4X, but I made it onto the 3Xs. And at that point, I began to wonder, well, gee, you know, what happens after that? You know, and then I found out that there were 
you know, stores that cater to, you know, heavier, you know, larger size people. But um, what brought me into the OA program was my doctor who told me uh, one year when I had gone in for my checkup that my blood sugar had gone up, my blood pressure had gone up, um, my legs, my lower legs were swollen because I had varicose veins, and that I was within what they called pre-diabetic range, and that if I did not do something about my weight, that I was going to end up on diabetes medication. And I'd had a neighbor who had diabetes. I had a coworker who had diabetes. And I saw what that disease had done to them. And I decided that, no, I did not want to go down that road. I'm not afraid of needles particularly. But um, I knew that people who had diabetes that was not well controlled uh, could have, you know, bad things happen to them like, uh, well, one guy was having a lot of eye problems and I think he eventually went blind. Uh, somebody else I knew had had some, you know, toes amputated and stuff. It was like, Ugh, I don't want to do that, you know. So, but on the other hand, I didn't have a whole lot of money. So the idea of going to one of those uh, places and getting expensive food that I probably wouldn't like to eat anyway and, uh, you know, going to meetings every week and things like that, that's not for me either. But So I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. But as I was on my way home, I ran into a neighbor of mine who I knew from a local community group that we both belong to. And uh, I told her what was going on. And she said to me, oh, if I was serious about wanting to lose weight, that she knew something that could help me. And she told me about OA. And I looked at her, and I mean, she was a normal weight person. I said to her, you're not fat? And she said, no, not anymore. I said, okay. And uh, she had a car. And we I was living in a, uh, not really suburb, but like, you know, smaller city just outside of Boston. And uh, she had a car, and she was able to drive to the place where this meeting was. It was coming up that weekend, and actually she told me there were two of them, one on Saturday morning and one on Sunday, and we could go to both of them. And she told me about how I needed to get a digital scale so I could weigh my food, and that I shouldn't eat things like sugar or flour, and that if I had, you know, any junk food or, you know, flour, sugar or flour-based foods in the house, I should try and get rid of them somehow. and that, you know, I, I should, you know, bring some money with me to the meeting so I could buy some literature. And though I love to read, so that's wonderful. And I uh, said, okay, you know, and then I went home and I ate some of my, uh, one of my cheap carbohydrate meals and said goodbye to it, you know, and said, okay, I'm not going to eat this stuff anymore. And I got, you know, I did get a, I did get a scale. And I went out and I got some, you know, salad fixings and stuff. And I started eating, started eating more salad and less, you know, less carbs. And I went to, you know, me up that morning and Saturday morning. And 
Off we went to the meeting. I was able to get a uh, at least temporary sponsor. Uh, I got a food plan. Um, I got some literature. And then I found out that there was actually an OA meeting in the town I was living in. That was on Tuesday night that I could get to. And I went to that meeting. And when I went in there, the, uh, it was in a church building. And in the lobby of the church building, they had a shopping cart with a sign saying, uh, leave donations there for the food pantry, that they had a food pantry, I guess, in their building. And I said, great. So the next week when I went there, I brought a bag of groceries with me, you know, things that I was no longer eating. And I dropped those off there and did, did that for several weeks until I got rid of all of that stuff. And then I found, well, that I still had some, uh, I used to do a lot of baking and I still had some baking supply stuff in the house that were, you know, opened containers so I couldn't give them to the food pantry. And I talked to the lady in the church office and she said, oh, they had uh, some ladies at the church who did who did baking for, and they would do bake sales to raise money. And they would love whatever I wanted to get rid of. So the week after that, I brought that stuff. And I was working. So uh, things that I had in the house, like uh, jars of various condiments and sauces and whatnot, uh, those things I brought into work. And I just put notes on them, you know, in the kitchen saying, you know, free, anybody can take this, help yourself, whatever. And so that stuff went into the refrigerator at work. And, you know, people finished it off. And uh, it was out of my house, so I was happy about that. And I followed, you know, I did my grocery. I did follow my sponsor's suggestions. Um, for a couple of weeks, I went to a different grocery store so that I had to pay attention to what I was doing and not just, you know, going down the aisles and uh, automatic pilot, you know, buying junk food. And instead, you know, I went around, you know, some people talk about shopping around the outside edge of the store. That is, you get your uh, your protein items, dairy items, vegetable, you know, vegetables and fruits and so forth. Uh, and that's, you know, those are the places that, you know, if you want good, healthy, natural food, that's where you go. So uh, that's what I was doing. And because I was in a different store that I wasn't familiar with, I really had to pay attention to where I was going, look at the uh, signage for the different aisles and so forth to make sure, you know, that I was getting what I needed to get and not buying anything else and then not showing up at the uh, checkout counter and wondering, gee, how did all this junk food get into my cart? So, uh, and it worked. And I found that, you know, I was able to follow an abstinent food plan and the weight just started falling off me. And because I had started in July, um, I did have, you know, July and August and starting in September each year, I was working a part-time job for a dog training club and I was their treasurer and they had this giant uh, three on a page check business checkbook that I had to carry around to their meetings and so forth. And so uh, I would put that and all the other stuff that I brought with me to dog training, I would put into this giant backpack. And people were telling me, you know, dog training previously, 
how could I carry that thing? It's so heavy. And I said, oh, well, it's very easy. I just put it on and it's on my back and off I go. Well, uh, September came. It was time to get ready for dog training. I put on the backpack and I almost fell over backwards because I had lost weight on my back. And the little shelf on my back that I used to carry the backpack wasn't there anymore. And I realized, yeah, okay, this is too heavy. I had to take it off, take some stuff out, rearrange it. Eventually, I did get a bag on wheels that I could just, you know, pull along with me, take on the bus, and uh, that worked a lot better. But it made me realize that and the fact that, you know, after a couple of months, um, I found I had gone down at least one clothing size. And, uh, you know, so I had to uh, get some uh, new pants because my old ones were falling down, you know, or I had to uh, belt them very tightly. So I knew the program was working. In addition, the I was still going to those weekend meetings and they were at a hot, the meetings were held in the, building on the campus of a, of a hospital, and it was up on top of a hill. And so I would take a bus to the nearest square and then walk about half an hour to get from where the bus dropped me off to the hospital. And initially, because it was up on the top of a hill, I had to climb this hill, and it was fairly steep. And for the first couple of weeks, I was running out of breath. I would get about halfway up the hill and have to stop and catch my breath and then walk the rest of the way up and I'd be, you know, panting my way into the meeting. Uh, well, doing this for a while, I found that my fitness had improved sufficiently that I was able to walk up the hill without having to stop in the middle and that I wasn't out of breath as much. And that was that was a big help. Uh, the other thing that I found being in the program was that, you know, obviously I did a lot of reading. I read in the big book. I read For Today. I read Voices of Recovery. Um, I read the 12 and 12, the O.A. Brown book. Um, and I read some of the AA material as well, like the AA 12 and 12. And... I got involved in meetings, and as I say, you know, I started program in July of 2004. What I also found out was that a local intergroup uh, also met in the same building, uh, and their intergroup meeting was once a month after the meeting I was going to on Sunday mornings, and somebody invited me to go sit on a sit in on the uh, intergroup meeting, and that was that was very interesting. Gentle reminder, you have five minutes Thank remaining. Thank you very much. And so I learned a lot, you know, from that. And after I had reached the appropriate amount of abstinence to qualify for a service position, I volunteered to help out. I did various things for the meetings I was going to. I was in a meeting treasurer. 
a speaker getter, um, person who, uh, one place I was somebody who had the code for the door so I could unlock the door. Um, and I got involved later on in the intergroup. I also found out about phone meetings starting in 2005, and that was helpful because I was living in Massachusetts. And in the wintertime, sometimes we had blizzards and, uh, you know, the places where either you couldn't get there because the roads were closed or sometimes the building was closed because they hadn't filed the uh, parking lot, whatever. So uh, being able to go on phone meetings was very helpful. And then, of course, later on, uh, there was uh, COVID and so forth, and a lot of the face-to-face -face meetings closed. So definitely, you know, knowing about phone meetings was helpful. But one of the things that I found that helped keep me in the program was that I did a lot of service. And uh, somebody told me a slogan that said, uh, doing service keeps you slender. And I believe that because if I'm doing service, I'm getting out of my own head, I'm helping others. Um, I, I, I have a sponsor, I am a sponsor, I write, I make phone calls. Um, anytime somebody asks me if I can do something, if it's within my power to do it, I do it. Because anything I can do to help this program to keep going, to, it's, it's a way for me to pay back what has been so graciously given to me by others. And so for me, you know, qualifying on a meeting is not, oh, hey, here's my ego. It's rather, I hope that something that I've said tonight will uh, help someone else. So with that, I will pass. And thank you for inviting me to speak here tonight. Thank you very much. I'm just going to 